welcome to the Nourishing Soulfully podcast, a podcast for those who wish to live a gentler, kinder way of life. Oh, I am so delighted to have you here. This is season two of the podcast and I'll be interviewing some truly wonderful souls on their journey in self-kindness. But first, I'd better introduce myself. I'm Peter, a self-kindness and intuitive eating coach. I live in Cornwall and work with soulful nourishers all over the world with one-to-one and group coaching programs. I always have a cup of tea in my hand and a cat within stroking distance. Be sure to follow me on Instagram. Just search at Nourishing Soulfully and visit nourishingsoulfully.co.uk for updates on new courses, workshops and one-to-one offerings. At the moment on the website, there's a brilliant five-day video course on creating balance in your life, which is free of charge and you can join the Nourishing Soulfully Club too to gain access to the library full of workshops, courses, ebooks and audio meditations and breathing techniques. But that's enough about me for now. Let's delve into this week's episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. Hey, I am joined by one of my best friends, Lutie. Lutie? Lutie? Lucy Carter. Yeah, Lutie will be along in a minute, but Lucy Carter. <laughs> um, who I don't call Lucy, which is probably why I got a bit confused. Who I call Bruv. Um, and Bruv has two businesses. Leaf Lane Studio, which is a luxury stationery um, business, and a business called Sweary Cats. Thank you so much for agreeing to do a podcast interview with me. I mean, bruv, I don't know how this is going to go. So I'm actually at bruv's house <laughs> with a cup of tea in person and doing this interview, and I'm really, really excited. Um, however, there's such a chance of it draining on and on, so I imagine quite a big edit. Get, get a drink, get a snack. Absolutely. You're going to need it. Totally. So, Lutie, <laughs> Brav, can you tell us a bit about yourself, about your business? Oh. <laughs> Businesses. It's funny, isn't it, with the two business things? I never see them as separate because I just work on them together. So yeah. when you say to people that I've got two businesses, I never really, never really see them as separate, but they definitely are because they're very different. Um, so yeah, I've had Lee Flame Studio now. It'd be for four hang on 2017 is that four years ago five five mm. 18 19 20 21 four <laughs> <laughs> i'm not great at math all right people end of chapter one um yeah so four years on the first of september and that started out as wedding stationery and that was going to be the way forward and then obviously covid hit and i had to pivot somewhat because i kind of was at a bit of a, a weird old place with it anyway yeah. I love doing the wedding stationery but it isn't what is completely passionate for me yeah and so it was almost a blessing in disguise that I was forced to focus on the stationery side so yeah that has been going for four years <laughs> first of September um but I used to work in a school full-time which is you know we chat about this quite a lot yeah. but I used to work in a school as an arts development officer and doing funding bids and stuff and I loved it and was super passionate about it but I used to drive to work listening to podcasts about businesses and be like I just want to work for myself yeah. I'd had enough of being told what to do I mean the nine to five has a place and definitely I'm never going to rule out ever having to go back to it because you never know what the future will bring but I used to listen to these podcasts and think I want that yeah. it sparked something in me and I had an hour's journey to and from work every single day and after a little while I was just on a mission I'd spend all my free time working out 
how on earth I was going to have... I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. I just knew I wanted to work for myself. So eventually I ended up working with a coach for a little bit, Gemma Sands, who I always say she's responsible for me doing this because without her I never would have yeah. unpacked whatever it was in my head. Our first session was literally like, so I want to work for myself. What do you want to do? No idea. Yeah. I think I want to do something creative. That's the thing with coaches, isn't it? Like that's that's why you have a coach. Yeah. Especially when it comes to business stuff as well, but also personal development. Like we can just feel lost or completely. We don't have to kind of go to a coach and say, This is what I want to do. Like their job, their role is yeah. to help guide you and steer yeah. you in the right direction of what you want to but do. But the funny thing with I mean, Gemma's brilliant and it's her birthday today, actually. And I put up a message on Instagram to say that she I always say you are the one reason why I'm doing this. Yeah. Obviously, I'm doing the work, but without her helping me, I'd never had a coach before, and she was looking for guinea pigs because she was launching a new coaching program, mm-hmm. so I was really fortunate. I got it for free, yeah. and God bless her. I mean, she just unpacked everything, yeah. and one of the first exercises she got me to do was to write out my perfect day, mm. and she was like, just imagine you're in your dream life right now, and we were living in Wiltshire at the time. I was driving to and from the school an hour each way minimum, yeah. and working Sorry, if you can hear that, that's probably Frank in the background. If you follow me on Instagram, you'll know who Frank is, the seagull that visits our garden every day. Um, she got me to write down my perfect day. And it was only recently that I rediscovered my perfect day that I'd written. I kept it. Yeah. And it was living in Cornwall, being able to go for a walk by the beach before oh work. Goodness. And being able to come home and really structure my day however I wanted to and do whatever I wanted to. Yeah. Something creative, something that gave me real drive. And although there are elements to a business that... I'm not good at those things are fine because they're mine yeah and all the energy I'm putting into it is mine and that's what I wrote on this piece of paper but the big focus was my own business living in Cornwall by the sea doing all these things yeah. and it was only recently I was like oh my god it's, it's not perfect so I'm not always paying myself right now we'll probably get to that later but I'm doing that yeah. and that structure and everything I wrote down is exactly what I'm doing now and if I you know I do a manifestation journal every day and I'm a massive believer in it, but you've got to put the work in. I mean, I put Absolutely. a load of work in. So that's that. And that, I don't even know what the question was anymore. I mean, did you manifest me, like, knocking on your door all the time and popping round? I cause... totally <laughs> manifested you. I was like, well, do you know what I really want when I live in Cornwall? Complete nutter. That <laughs> <laughs> so takes me rowing and yeah. comes round for tea. Yeah. And here you are. And it, but I totally agree as well. I'm such a, I'm a huge believer in manifesting things and the law yeah. of attraction. And um, the way I explain it as well is, even if you don't like fully believe, even if you fully aren't like really woo-woo about mm. it, something like a vision board, just yeah. having that constant reminder Absolutely. of what you're working towards, what kind of life you want to live, how you want your life yeah. to feel, gives you motivation mm. to take action and that's really yeah. important like you said you've got to work towards mm. it this kind of like manifesting thing you can't just say like this is what i want to happen and then and just leave it because it. it's yeah. not it's not no. like it's i think i think it's sending out when i first i'm going to be honest and general will testify when i first started working with her i was like what write your dream day what i honestly yeah. thought what is the point i didn't see the point in working out who my ideal customer was i didn't see the point and that's no i'm not being disrespectful to her yeah. i've never had a coach but now <laughs> However, four years on, I'm now so into it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I do my manifesting journal every day. And again, I understand. I'm not probably as full on as some people, but I understand the positive elements of it. Yeah. And I just believe in putting out that intention and then working towards that intention. And 
I'm a big believer in breaking down goals. I goal set massively and I break them right, right, right down to the minor details. Because before that, my goal was to have a business. And how are you ever going to achieve anything if you just say, my goal is to have a business? That's a great start. And it's a, you've got to stay positive, yeah. but you've got to break it down. Otherwise, where are you going? There's so many paths Absolutely. you could take that will lead there. And that goes for anything in life, whether it's a personal thing or a business thing, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And you've just got to, like moving to Cornwall, we had to make a massive jump yeah. and make a decision. Otherwise, it will forever be a dream. Yeah. And then I'll be 80 and full of regrets, and I don't want that. No. I'd rather take a risk in it to absolutely flatline and be a disaster, yeah. but to have taken it. And that's how I feel about this business. You've just got to keep pushing forward. Absolutely. I think it's really interesting as well. Um, I've lost my train of thought. I'm not surprised you asked me one question and I've gone off on a, like a life story. What were you saying about that? <laughs> <laughs> You'll come oh. back to that in a minute. You can add it on afterwards. Yeah. Just, like, just edit it in. <laughs> it probably won't, though. Um, I'm not sure what I was going to say. Oh, that's what I was going to say. What we can do is when we when someone asks us, like, what is your idea of your perfect day. Um, Just like when I speak to people about like self-kindness wise, what is their ideal way of being kind to Mm. themselves? It feels really pressured like, Mm. oh shit, I've got to come up with this right now. Like, and I don't know. And we put loads of pressure and we start bringing in all of these things that actually Mm. we don't really want to do. But But actually kindness is to to, uh, to appreciate the fact that you don't know. Yeah, absolutely. But you will eventually. Completely. And that's kindness. And you can take time and you can kind of go, rather than going like, I'm going to sit down and write this immediately now like leave it to kind of whirl around your brain subconsciously Mm. and and let the dust settle because little by little you'll start noticing things like in your mind you go in I wish I could do that or I wish I had more time for that Mm. and those are the things that you want to be bringing in aren't they those are the kind but often when we're put on the spot and we put ourselves under pressure to come up with our dream day Mm. or our dream way of treating ourselves or our dream life it's really difficult because we'll go to like those very very much traditional like societal yeah. expectations yeah. of things because that's what we believe yeah. success looks like and that's predominantly what we're seeing on social media yeah. as well i mean i don't think i ever would have imagined sitting down and writing my ideal day if i did this 10 years ago it would have been having loads of money having really nice clothes i honestly i obviously i'd like enough money to be comfortable yeah because that is how you function in life but that wasn't what sprung to mind when I wrote my idea day. No. I'd like the, the business to be successful, but at that point it was to have a business. Yeah. And now my goals are, okay, I want this to be financially viable. I want to be able to pay myself. And yes, I do want to earn money, yeah. but it isn't number one on my list. Yeah. It's not number one because how I've learned through my huge, huge mental health journey that I've had since I was 14, that money doesn't buy you your mental health. Absolutely and not. And that's a whole other podcast because otherwise it would be a forever. But it's literally like when I was working to earn money and not be happy, my mental health was so destructive yeah. and I was self-sabotaging and I was not happy, but I had yeah. money in my bank. But now, I mean, we're getting there because it takes a while to have a successful business. Yeah. But if I'm not earning money, God damn it, am I happy? Yes, I'm happy because I'm yeah. walking on the beach every day or most days. Um, you know, we're going rowing yeah. and we're having a giggle and it's great. And I'd take that over not you know just Mm. not feeling that mental health drag of setting myself unrealistic expectations and I know that self-development is really important to you and something that you make time in your schedule Mm. for it's not that you kind of if time comes along then then you'll do it you really make time for it has that always been the case 
Um, no, God, no, definitely not. Because I've learned a lot, especially in the last probably two years. It's kind of like we were just saying, I was trying to make it, I was trying to fit in with everything I was seeing online. Yeah. So for me, back then, self-kindness and self-development was, I must do yoga. I must journal for half an hour every day. I must meditate. Mm. I must eat a super clean diet. I must move every day. I must, is that a helicopter? Sorry, Maybe. I wonder what that was. Um, <laughs> I must not get distracted by everything that flies over the house. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Because you see people doing this and you add all this stuff mentally or physically onto a list of things that that's what self-development looks like. Yeah. And then you don't achieve it because you're not a bloody robot no. and you've not got 100 hours every day. And then you, you're like, oh, I'm a failure. Yeah. And it's taken me literally to this point now. I'm 40 now, and it's taken me to probably 38, 39 to realise what my self-development looks mm. like. Every day I can, I have the Vibe and Flow manifestation journal. Yeah. And in that journal, every 10 days you reevaluate, mm-hmm. And you put down four things that will help you, like, a, um, I forget what she calls it, like a routine that yeah. you can tick off. And when I first got the journal, I was like, right, journal, exercise, walk. But I, I wrote more than four things. Yeah. And I did two of them. And now what that looks like for me is journaling, oracle cards. Yeah. That's it. If I fit in movement, I fit it in. If I fit in meditation, I fit it yeah. in. But if I write something down, I will beat myself up. So yeah. self-development now is 100% I'll fill out that little journal every day, twice a day, because I love it. Yeah. You have to love it, otherwise you're not going to do it. Yeah. If you're not going to do it and you don't love it, it's not self-development. No. It's self-sabotage. Yeah, absolutely. You're and it's failure. punishment as yeah. well. It's self-punishment. So like now, and I know I always say this to you, I'll be like, bro, I haven't read a book for ages. I've got so many books on that bookshelf to your left <laughs> that I haven't read yeah. yet. I know I'll get around to it. There's some awesome self-development books up there that I really desperately want to read. But forcing myself to do it is never... I'm never going to absorb it. I'm doing no. it to take a box. And I think as well, we often we go in seasons with things like reading. Like, yeah. if you if you've listened to anything that I've ever put out there, you'll know I always bang on about seasons of our life, being in a certain season, honouring and respecting the season that we're in. Absolutely. And I really think that's a huge thing for reading because mm-hmm. I can have to, for example, um, one of the support groups that I run, we have, and Lucy is a part of, we have um, often have a book that we're reading. And mm-hmm. sometimes, if I'm in the right frame of mind mm-hmm. and in the right season for reading, I will fly through it. Yeah. And then there's other times where, because I'm running the support group, like, I need to read this. Yeah. And it's like having to sit myself down put my phone in a drawer somewhere, like make a cup of tea, really try, and I never ever do anything um, which you kind of would, I don't kind of punish myself, I'm not like, oh you should be doing this, so I'm going to make it as uncomfortable as possible, you're going to sit at the kitchen table and just read it, no, I'll always, always try and make things really lovely, have a blanket, light some candles, make a nice cup of tea, that kind of thing, like set the situation up so it's really nice and that setting's really nice and accommodating. However, if I'm not in the right season, it doesn't. I'm still going to find it really difficult. Yeah, of course. And I think that's what reading can often be like, mm. isn't it? Like you can be just in a really good season of life for yeah. reading, mm. and then other times it's just don't find time yeah. for it. But so. also, you've got to give yourself something that, for example, recently because I've been super busy, I feel like I've been working on Christmas in my business since February. In mm. fact, I have. It's not like I feel like it. I actually have. The other day, I tried to read a self-help book. Yeah. And I was like, no, no. What my brain needs right now is a really cheesy love story. Yes. So I actually got one on audiobook and it was amazing. It was a story set in Cornwall. It was great. And oh, I needed lovely. that. But for me, my self-development often happens when I'm out on a walk. So yeah. I'll 
download a podcast or I have an audio book and if I haven't got time to read that is when I'm listening to stuff yeah. because I'm out in the fresh air I can absorb it because I've got nothing that's going to distract yeah. me I can't stop and suddenly answer an email I'm walking mm. and other times self-development for me is not listening to anything and yeah. going for a walk because then I'm, what I'm listening to is my inner voice yeah. and my, I'm trying to just unpick something or just smelling the sea air and watching yeah. things happen because I can't that is the kindest thing I can mm. do so I think in the last two years for me self-development just looks like wake up in the morning, what can I manage today? And some weeks, yes. again, seasons and hormones, some weeks super productive, loads of reading, loads of learning, yeah. knowledge like coming through, other weeks, tumbleweed. And it's that, that's, it's <laughs> that kind of acknowledgement and self-wisdom mm. on a day-by-day, sometimes hour-by-hour basis oh, and adjusting those expectations, adjusting yeah. those goals to what you can do. Yeah. I um, recently we had a call on Elevate, um, which is a course in self kindness. And somebody asked me, like, we were talking about morning routines and how best to set ourselves up yeah. in the very best way to then handle whatever life throws at us throughout mm. the day. Because often we can have these really brilliant ideas of things that we'd like to fit into our day. Mm. But if we don't put it at the beginning of our day, life takes over mm. and we can't predict what's going to happen. No. Um, and somebody asked me, like, what does your ideal day look like? And I explained what my ideal morning would look like. And then, really importantly, I added, that probably happens 10% of the time, oh, if absolutely. that. Like, yeah. that's like my ideal. And yes, it sets me up for the very best day. But a lot of the time, it doesn't work out like that because I'm tired or yeah. I'm hurting. Um, I've got a flare up or we've been rowing the day before. And actually, my body really needs to sleep because we didn't get in until 10 yeah. o'clock at night. Um, and so it just, it's, it's about being flexible, but still being accountable in a way where you're showing up for yourself. You're not showing up for others. You're not showing up for Mm -hmm. other people's expectations or societal expectations. You're Mm -hmm. showing up for you, what you would like to do with the capacity that you've got that benefits you. And and I know that it's a really, sometimes it feels like you're juggling it. Sometimes it feels like you're Mm -hmm. trying to find that balance, but when the moment that you kind of see that you're dragging your heels or you're finding it difficult or your mind's wandering and you're just thinking like I really I really don't have it in me to do this just stop yeah do the kindest thing I went for a nap for two hours with Gizmo yesterday because I just right now I need to work weekends Saturday yesterday I needed to work but if it was a client's piece of work I for sure I get it done because there's a deadline and it needs to be done and you find a different level of energy in yourself but when it's stuff that you've got it's an open-ended deadline. I've got 10 days I can do this in. It's shutting off that inner voice that's saying, oh, you know, and it's not always possible. Believe me, some days I, I think, all I want to do right now is get into bed and nap. Yeah. I get into bed and nap, and then I wake up as I'm laying there, my voice, inner voice is going, should we be doing this? You should yeah. be working. And that's when the self-kindness practice has to come in where you realise you've got to try and, you can't always turn it off, but you have to. Because yeah. then I'll get up again. And then I'll instantly be hit with tiredness again. It's a vicious circle of you're never doing anything. You're not being kind and you're not working. So you may as well pick one. Absolutely. (laughs) Pick a a way, pick a direction and choose it. Because it's not, it's neither thing is productive. Like you said, it just feeds into the other thing and you end up like in this really stuck, in a rut basically. And you don't know how to get out where actually if you stopped for a moment took a deep breath and and I don't mean you bruv I mean like just everyone in general (laughs) and just tuned into your intuition 
you yeah. do know how to get out of that rut. And yeah. it's by stopping and pausing and just doing something yeah. which fills your cup up, which recharges For you. me, it's always sleep. I don't yeah. know about you, but for me, absolutely. And throughout my entire mental health journey, sleep has been the thing. It's so healing for me. Like yesterday, I took probably about an hour and a half and mm. had a nap with Gizmo. <laughs> And I'm like, I have a, currently have a bed in my office, which is great. So I yeah. literally just got from the floor while I was wrapping things up onto the bed, yeah. fell asleep really quickly. And it was the best thing I did because then I had three three hours of productive work after that. Yeah. Whereas if I'd have pushed through, I probably wouldn't have got anything done. No, I was speaking to someone the other day as well about the fact that like in the UK, naps are kind of, they're, they're not kind of considered like yeah. a needed thing. Whereas, whereas in Spain, like in Spain, yeah. like you have your siesta and, and that's like... Yeah. It, it would be strange if you didn't. If yeah. you've got that time in your day where you yeah. have a lunch break that's long enough to fit it in, but like, why minutes, wouldn't how you? How much of a difference does oh, that make? People goodness, kind of so think, well, much. how much difference can it make? But try it. Because if you yeah. haven't ever had a 15-minute power nap, my God, it's like a, it's like pressing restart. It For is. me, it's like a reboot button. It really is. And then on in terms of like um, naps, and, and you also do a lot of movement in terms of workouts yeah. and things, don't you? Yeah. Because you previously, in a different life, <laughs> were a personal trainer. Yes. How do you feel um, that the fitness industry does when it comes to self-kindness? This is a really, uh, this is a difficult one because I'm not in it in it anymore, though I follow quite a lot of it. I think that I was, I was a PT, I qualified in 1998 and I worked in the industry in some capacity for basically, I don't know, just over 10 years, whether that was full time or just mm. teaching a class or whatever. And I was always a curvier, I'm saying this in air quotes, a curvier instructor. Yeah. There wasn't that big push of hashtag self-love, yeah. hashtag body positive that there is now. <laughs> but back then I had no self-belief in what I, I had so much knowledge because I'd lost a lot of weight through my own knowledge and stuff yeah. like that which I feel very differently about now but that was then there wasn't a lot of self-kindness in that industry when I was working in it mm. I didn't see a lot of self-kindness in it at all yeah there was a lot of well you must be thin and if you're not thin you're not a good instructor and yeah. I took that to heart whereas now if I was going back into that industry now it'd be a completely different mm. set of rules and I think there's still some extremes out there, for sure. Yeah. But I think with social media, which Instagram wasn't really around at mm. all then, you didn't see other people's bodies. No. There was just an expectation of, oh, you are a personal trainer, therefore you must be this size. Yeah. Regardless of that, sod it if you're super fit or not. Mm. Because it, it just wasn't around. Whereas yeah. now I think there's definitely a lot more positive influences out there. And I know a lot of PTs who are either doing PT training online or in gyms who are curvier girls or mm. guys but very strong very capable super fit yeah your body shape has no reflection on your fitness level no whatsoever but that my knowledge around that has also come with age because yeah. i was a lot younger then and i just thought i must be thinner i must be thinner and that was i was obsessed with it but now i'm thank god a lot more wiser and it was so destructive for my mental health yeah. but that said i was always known as the pt who was the one to go to for kindness yeah but it wasn't like it was it wasn't recognised as a kindness yeah. thing. It was like, she's just, will teach you how to love your body. Yeah. I didn't love my body, yeah. but apparently I was quite good at that. Mm. But now I look back and think, God, of course I was, because I had yeah. a load of female clients who were just looking to be happier within their skin. Yeah. And that was rather than, they, I wasn't known as a weight loss coach. Mm. I was known as I could do that, but it wasn't in an obvious way. Yeah. You come to me because you want to feel better. And if you lose a little bit of body fat and that's what you want then great yeah. but I wasn't the person to go to for dramatic weight loss mm. even though I was definitely more than capable because I just didn't think it was I'd been there I'd been much much bigger yeah and I 
didn't feel like the way I did it was the best way to do mm. it. That's before I was qualified. I did it in a completely unhealthy way. So yeah. when I got qualified, which was for that reason, to educate myself, I was then better equipped mentally and physically to help these ladies. Yeah. And I, it was basically ladies that I work with. But now I think the industry is getting there. I think it's getting a lot kinder. Mm. But then, you know, it's, it's extremes, isn't it? You look on Instagram and you think these amazing girls who are all different shapes and sizes and all beautiful in their own right and super fit and capable and really bossing it when it comes yeah. to whatever they're doing, they get some really nasty comments. And yeah. I just think these it's just the way of life now, isn't it? It is, and there's such a, at the moment, it just feels like there is such a massive, um, I guess, almost popularity for cancel culture. Like, it's yeah. just, it just seems to yeah. be this thing where someone can say or do the wrong thing and that's it. They're, mm. they're kind of automatically cancelled. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that kind of like with age, you learnt that. Would mm. you say that as well with age, the way in which you treat yourself has changed? My, my big turnaround for the way I treat myself and the way I look at my body was when I worked with you yeah. for intuitive eating. Well, we did a whole mixture of stuff, didn't yeah. we? We did a bit of everything. Um, because you got me to write a letter to my body, didn't you? I did, yeah. About just sort of acknowledging the positivity of how your body... And do you know what? I still write that in my journal every day on, under gratitude in my yeah. manifestation journal is that I still have bad days, mostly hormonal linked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I still have days where I think, oh my God, my body, I just wish you would. And I think I'll stop. Don't yeah. wish it would anything. It has carried you through 40 years of your life, through several different circumstances, and I've self-sabotaged, and I've self-harmed, and I've done some nasty things to my body, and I'm still here, yeah. and I'm still healthy, and I'm still able to move and do all the things I mm. want to do. And that was a really powerful exercise that you taught me, like Gemma's perfect day yeah. one, that, you know, a letter from your body thing, or to your body, was, was the most powerful thing that I could have done. Yeah. And... I still think about it all the time because you just, you can take yourself for granted. So, but yeah. yeah, but with age has come just that thing of, okay, I've, you know, you know when you're younger and I mean, not everybody, but you're younger and you think, oh my God, I just wish I was like this. I wish I had yeah. hair that looked like this. You always want to be the opposite. You do. There's slimmer girls who want to be curvier. Yeah. Curvier girls who want to be slimmer. And I look at, I've never judged a book by its cover. I look at some, well, I look at all people, I think they're great, but I look at some women and I think, you are so so strong and so I'm mm. rowing we've yeah. got all shapes and sizes the Olympics all shapes and yeah. sizes and if anything's going to teach young people today that you can be slimmer or curvier and you're bloody perfect the way you are absolutely watch that Olympics yeah. because I tell you what there's places for everybody yeah. in this world and I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned there are places for everybody I'm never going to be a runner no like I, I probably look like Phoebe out of friends when I run actually I'm not that enthusiastic I'm. I am that. I can imagine. I actually, I can totally imagine that. I'm. But due to this, this podcast will come with a video <laughs> at the end of running it down the road. Absolutely right. I've got um, a chronic illness called EDS, so I can't. I'm not supposed to run because it injures my knees. But that is exactly when have when I have to run. That's that's what it looks I like. I mean, your personality is enthusiasm all the way. So I think yeah. if you were going to run Phoebe from <laughs> Friends, if we could all just imagine that. And if you haven't seen it, just go onto YouTube and Google, or Google Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But my point is, is that I'm never going to be a runner. A, I've got a weird spine and I can't run, but I'm just not built for yeah. running. I'm built for kind of a bit more sprinting. So I'm not very good at that. But I'm built for, I love lifting heavy weights. Yeah. And it's for me, it's accepting that that is, I love that, so why try and change that? No. I do enjoy yoga, but that, what I was saying earlier about putting mm. yoga on my list of self-development, 
I enjoy a, a mat-based chilled yoga. Yeah. But my personality wants to make that an Olympic event. Yeah. So I'm very competitive. That's never going to help me relax. I'm yeah. never going to relax doing yoga because I just want to hold it for longer. Yeah. Do it better. Whereas for me, just get in the gym, lift some bloody heavy weights because I love that. And then anything else is a bonus. Yeah. And if I do want to hit the yoga mat after that, yeah. it will. I won't have that kind of competitive. I would have burnt that off. Yeah, absolutely. And I can hit the yoga mat. But something is out there for everybody type. And I wish that that had been put in my brain in schools because I, all I was put up for was, oh, you've got to do the running event because no one else is. I'm yeah. rubbish at it. So I connected my size to being awful at exercise. Yeah. But now having done almost 13 years in fitness industry is a re- and I was a popular instructor. Yeah. I know that now. At the time I thought I was rubbish, but I know that now. I had a bloody waiting list. Yeah. But I, I look back and I think, "Oh my god, I was really good at that." Yeah. I was good at teaching spinning. I was good at teaching body pump. Because I was normal and yeah. I just didn't I didn't go in there with any expectations of anybody. We just had a laugh and that Absolutely. was just what it was about. And that's more of that is needed, I think. Oh, it really is. And I think like you said about um, the Olympics as well, I was delighted to see that 2021 Olympics, so, so many people spoke out about the fact that they don't follow a strict diet that they eat intuitively. Yeah. These sports people yeah. who are so strong, who oh. are at the top of their game worldwide. Those female powerlifters. Yeah. Oh, well, all of them. I mean, all of them. Like, they were incredible they were and you cannot judge a book by its cover because everybody type has a strength mm. N- not literally but everybody you you are built for running you're built for lifting yeah. you're built for maybe those really lucky people like jess ennis who's just bloody good at everything absolutely <laughs> and I, as well when you mentioned kind of for anyone listening if you find that you really want to do yoga but you get on the yoga mat and then if you're following a video or you're in a class and you can see that the the yoga teacher is kind of saying, and if you want to go a bit deeper, you want to go a bit mm. harder, then do this. And you're pushing yourself and actually it's unkind or you're creating it into this kind of Olympic event. One way in which we can kind of work around that is by bringing in five or ten minutes of yoga a day where it is gentle, where the whole yep. idea is you're just doing it to stretch out, to feel nice, to and try set and set that treat. expectation exactly. at the beginning. Because I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm yeah. super competitive and I am a nut job when it comes to, because I love movement, yeah. I love it. And, but everything to me is just, I've got to win it, not against anyone else, but to myself. It's yeah. self winning. <laughs> so when I do yoga, rather than think this is chilled, I'll be sitting there doing a meditation in yoga and, and it's almost like, oh, two more minutes to go, yeah. yeah. Like, that's not meditation. So just scrap that yeah. and look at it and you've got to put a new set of eyes on if you're like me, like that. Because, <laughs> I mean, you know. Brav is completely the most competitive person I know. As someone who has both rode with her and played board games with her, I can tell you that she is a bad loser and a bad winner. I'm terrible at both. Like, but also a champion of both. <laughs> And then back to what you were speaking about, about the kind of letter to your body. Mm. Um, If anyone would like to write a letter to their body or their kind, or you're feeling a huge amount of resistance and you're just like, no, I don't want to do that. That sounds stupid. That's kind of, for me, that would ring alarm bells Mm. of, oh, this might be something that could do like that could be really useful because I think when it. I told you to do it you were like no I don't want to write a yeah. letter to my body massive barrier Huge and barrier. you were just like we had to cancel a call I think because you were like yeah. I haven't done it yet <laughs> and I was like okay well we will wait until you find that within you to write the letter yeah. um 
And if you're going to do that, make sure that you don't push yourself, as I said before, about kind of like sitting at the table and putting a lot of pressure on yourself. Mm. Do it when you feel open to it. Make the setting really nice and calm. Light a candle, make a nice cup of tea, get a nice journal out or a piece of paper that, and your favourite pen. And then most importantly... Or a gin. Or a gin. <laughs> um, but most importantly, in your mind, I'd like you to think about sat opposite you is your body as an innocent bystander who is showing up every single day without fail for you and who a lot of the time you're being really judgmental about Mm. and almost think of it like that body is sat on a bench with you and they haven't done anything wrong they just keep showing up for you they keep getting you through life like you said your body's gotten you through 40 years of life that body's there it shows up every day it does its very best never lets you down in terms of that it's always doing the best it and it's always can. giving you signs and signals and it's always giving you signals when it can't do its best when yeah. you need to slow down when we need to rest and then write that letter and have a think about the way in which your body serves you the things that it's gotten you through the things that it's helped you with the things that you wouldn't have been able to do without having the body that you have um and the things that it has been able to do and show up for for others as well. So something that I always think about is previously I never liked my stomach. But actually when I started working with really young children in a primary school, that was like the place where if they needed a cuddle, mm. they want they wanted to put their head on my stomach. That because that was like the really comfy yeah. place where like everything was okay. Yeah. Um, and so and also that's where my cats want to sleep because it's nice and soft and comfy um so if you'd like to if you kind of feel pulled to write in that letter whether it's a kind of like pull of yeah no I think that'd be good for me or a pull of I absolutely don't want to do that have a think about it but really set it up nicely don't go about it in a in a kind of punishing way um so we kind of spoke about in school Mm. And sports and the things that you were kind of the sports that you were told you could do and couldn't do. Yeah. Um, if and I'm asking this question to everyone on the podcast, mm. if you could add or change anything within the curriculum in primary or and or secondary, what would you add or what would you change? How long have we got? <laughs> <laughs> I had a tough time at school, a really, really tough time. And there were no house systems, no pastoral care, anything like yeah. that when I was at school. Um Queen Victoria's on the throne. There's a lot of <laughs> it's very different times. Um, but I think, looking back on that, I know where I used to work. I used to work at a great comp school and they had an amazing pastoral care system and everything. It's still a long way. I think there's always long ways to go. Yeah. I think when they catch up to it, the kids are always way ahead. Yeah. There's new things happening. But I think what I would like to sort of seen for me, and therefore now, is just more kind of, they teach them sex ed and they teach them a little bit, the girls a little bit about what a period might happen, you know, when it might happen, what it might be like, but they don't really teach them just awareness of your bodies and how it feels to be in your body. And especially now, given there's so much more around, you know, kids who are unsure about their gender and a bit insecure about that. And I'm hoping that that is something they're introducing. I'm sure some schools probably are, but just a little bit more about self-acceptance and Mm -hmm. understanding that, everybody is different yeah. literally everybody and everybody yeah. <laughs> is different and that we then that's okay yeah because back in the day for me at school I'd be last to pick for certain things with PE yeah and I felt awful and you know oh I was the I teacher was absolutely literally saying, you're bigger anything. so you're less likely to do well at this yeah. I didn't need to hear I was bigger I felt that yeah. in me and I was but that was okay but I didn't think it was okay yeah so it would be kind of 
I just would wish there'd be a little bit more variety of movement options <laughs> for children, mm. not just the traditional. I know the schools can't do everything. No, but, but they, they are getting tr- there in terms are. of some of sometimes now. But again, it's not all of the time. But yeah. they're offering like after school clubs, which, which are which kind of practice diverse things. There's also places yeah. like I was speaking to um, the person who runs the junior section of our rowing club, mm. and she goes into schools within Penzance um, and tells the kids all about rowing, gets them to come to. Um, indoor rowing after school club and then get some on the water as well at the weekends but the issue is these people who do this Mm. they do it voluntarily and it's there's so many people out there who do these things yeah but they don't have enough time and enough capacity to do it to the level that i think we kind of need it you know because it's all voluntary roles and it's so sad that more resources Mm aren't being put into these things which makes such a difference especially when it comes to kind of like team sports and and being part of a team or being part of um a community because it's not just the act of whatever movement you're practicing but it's having that social circle it's having people that you you feel you fit in with and that sense of belonging isn't it yeah i think when you because at the school i was at like i said i did funding bids and we did a project once where I got some funding with the Royal Shakespeare Company Yeah, and they used to start every session with an exercise of kind of, it was it was very self-kindness based, they mm. would get a kid to write down what they really liked about another child that they had paired them with Aww. and you know as a child you don't like to be paired with someone yeah. that you don't know, like you and I would gravitate towards yeah. it, we still do um, at rowing, don't separate us <laughs> but they got them to write down a thing that they really liked about that thing that wasn't to do with appearance. Yeah. Um, they weren't allowed to say, oh, we've got, they've got great shoes. They, weren't, they mm. had to think about that. Yeah. And that was such a lovely exercise that That's they did. Lovely. And every outside company we brought in did something like yeah. that. But I wish there'd be a bit more of that yeah. in the everyday. And there might well be now. I mean, mm. it's been a long time since we've got school bruv, to be honest. Um, and also just things like, I once got some funding for the lottery. Um, mm. And we... There was a school I was working with because I had my main school and then five feeder schools. Yeah. And one of those schools had quite a lot of overweight boys. Yeah. What they deemed to be an overweight boy that were from kind of kind of families that just had a lot going on. Yeah. They, you know, they were struggling a bit. They were great parents, but had a busy life, lots mm-hmm. of children, full time jobs, if not more than one job. Yeah. And the kids were just doing their own thing. And these kids would just sit at home on their phones all day or yeah. on a computer. So we got money together to buy a whole load of those Wii Fit. What they got? Oh, I'm yeah. showing I'm really not cool now. What are they, Nintendo Wii's? Nintendo Wii's. And they, we got a whole load in a row with sports games. Yeah. Started them there. And then we had them playing, say, tennis. Yeah. And then we bought in a tennis coach. And yeah. they went outside and played tennis. Oh, my God. The change in these kids. And it's those tiny stepping but stones, But they were so underconfident. They didn't yeah. think they could be active. Yeah. Because they've always been told different. Yeah. So they knew computers. We started there. And then we took it up yeah. a notch and then another notch yeah. and then another notch and before you know it these kids are built in confidence but like you say it's these things are, they need money and they need backing and I think schools are getting better at bringing these things into their every day mm. but when I did my job unfortunately lots of that funding got cut so yeah. it was really difficult so all those transition projects and all those big projects that I was part of you had to find really creative ways of doing them yeah because otherwise those kids that are those they wouldn't necessarily step forward and volunteer no but if they were given an opportunity oh. with their friends and it was free they would be able to do it and those are the things for me which i've seen benefits in yeah and i know like the drama groups and the kids that aren't academic mm. the kids that want to run around all the kids that don't want to run around but want to express themselves creatively 
are so and that's helps their mental health because yeah. otherwise if they're not academic and they're being forced to be there's a place for it they have to learn some things but if they want to do something that's non-academic and it's not there for them yeah their, their mental health doesn't get that outlet and it's no. so important it really is and I wanted to say as well when you mentioned like when you get paired with someone at school and you're asked what you kind of like about them and and children and young people automatically kind of go to gravitate to appearance don't they yeah. um to like oh I really like her hair or oh yeah. I really like her shoes kind of thing yeah. um and I've done many a time exercises with people um who are really really self-conscious around their appearance and I'll say right I want you to think about your best friend mm. why do you love your best friend mm. And they won't ever come up with an appearance-based no. comment because our appearance really, truly is the least important you part about it. us as a person. Like, we don't see appearance. No. When we think about those we love and value within our mm. lives, we don't love them because they've got nice hair or because they're a certain size clothes. Like, mm. we love them because of the person they are. Yes. And that's why people love you as well. Yes. It's not because of what you look like. It's because of who you are. But it's are. learning that towards yourself. It's yeah. mirroring that back on you, isn't it? Because I can sit here and say a million things about you that I love. Yeah. Well, maybe at least maybe two, like two, two or three. Yeah. One. Um, <laughs> a million, for sure. Uh, but no, seriously. And you... But if you say to me, well, tell me five things you love about yourself, yeah. then that becomes a struggle. But it shouldn't yeah. really. And that's the things that I'm personally working on more and more. Mm. Because not in an egotistical way. No. Just because, you know, like in that know I your worth about that manifestation journal. But every day it says, you know, you write an affirmation. Yeah. And most of the times my affirmations, I literally go with what would come out of my mouth immediately. Intuition, what would come yeah. out. And most days it's, I am good enough how I am today. Yeah. I'm doing the best I can today. And because I am, I do beat myself up a lot, mm. and that's still something I work on. So I'm trying to work on that. But physically writing that in that journal every day reminds me. And every it's day. it's really important that kind of pen to paper mm. mm-hmm. consistently as a reminder, because there's something yeah. about it that just yeah. embeds it in our mind more yeah. than saying it out loud or or thinking it. Well, it's gone in a, se- a millisecond. Isn't yeah, it? you know, I must. Do- oh, it's gone. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, to round up today's podcast to finish up today's podcast i'm going to ask you how are you going to be kind to yourself this week this coming week we're film we're filming it we're recording this <laughs> on sunday um oh so i was going to say sunday morning it's just gone yeah. 12 o'clock now um so this coming week how are you going to be kind to yourself i right? aim to bring in kindness every day now and in fact i know that i said to you maybe it was yesterday or one of the days this week might have been Tuesday before race night at rowing yeah. I said to you I started to do some movement today and I stopped yeah and that was the kindest thing and Brav knows that that's difficult for me because I'll often push through yeah. exercise I think I've got to do this and I'm getting I'm trying to become better at not doing that mm-hmm. and on Tuesday I was like I'm tired we've yeah. got rowing later so I'm working on that and that's ongoing yeah um but also just listening to my body so I'm really busy at the minute I've got mm. a million <laughs> things going on um, so for me, it's just a case of if I need to nap, I'll nap. They're yes. quite basic things I do to be kind to myself. Well, but they're the biggest things. They usually it's usually is the basic yeah. things because it's meeting our basic needs, and that's what we often don't do. Yeah. We'll meet everybody else's basic needs, of course, and we'll accommodate everyone else yeah. in order for them to meet their basic needs. But yeah. when it comes to ourselves, yeah. we find it very, very difficult. Yeah, definitely. I think it's just for me. It's I'll meet all of the things I need to do if I've got a deadline. Yeah. Luckily, with what I do, I don't have many big deadlines, mm-hmm. and I set those so yeah. I can move them. But I think for me, the kindest thing I can do is to nap when I need to nap. Yeah. When I write a to do list. I look at it and I think, yeah, that's ridiculously unachievable. Mm-hmm. 
I scribble out the things I definitely don't need to do that day and yeah. I'll move them onto a master list and I'll just pull off that master list what I need to do yeah. rather than writing every, every day a to-do list that is just ridiculous because, I mean, yeah. I'm not a superhuman. Oh, that's... Basic. Wonderful. But it works. Oh, bruv, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks. I'm very excited. How long have we been talking for? I'm not sure. Let's have a little look. It's a good old whopping 42 minutes. Which is oh, quite good, actually. That's good. I thought we'd be like three days in and getting dinner. Yeah. Um, so, oh, quick question. Question I ask you every day. What are you having for dinner, bro? Oh, she does. We ask each other this every single day. <laughs> Do you know what? Today, I think I'm going to have roast veggies. Oh. And maybe I'll chop up some corn sausages in there. Oh, lovely. I just like to kind of put it all in a pan and oven together. Yeah. A bit of mozzarella on top, a little bit of cheddar mm. on top. I like that mixture. Do you know what I made last night? I don't. A stew, <laughs> a stew with chips. Oh, oh, it was absolutely banging. Oh, that's pretty trendy. Um, a and chips. Yeah, so what I did was, um, a couple of days ago, I made pasties and I had some yeah, filling left mine? over. Yeah, mine? I thought you might have bought one round. Apologise, forgot. <laughs> um, and I had some filling left over and I was like, I know, I'll use that in a stew. So I made some gravy, popped it in a stew. It was beautiful. Oh, nice. So, bruv, where can people find you online? Because by searching I mean, bruv, I don't think yeah, they're going to find you. Well, they might these days. You can find me um, everywhere. So I'm Leaf Lane Studio, which I tried to tell someone the other day, and I can't find you because they were putting in Least Lane Studio. <laughs> Least. <laughs> leaf as in leaf that falls from the tree. Yeah. Lane and studio. I'll pop yeah. the um, name or, in the in the show notes as well. Yeah, so Leaf Lane Studio basically everywhere. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at swearycats. <laughs> Because that's my side loan, my side hustle business. And if you're into cats and swearing, I mean, that's the only place you need to be. Yeah. It's wonderful. You can buy sweary pencils and cards and notebooks. It's great. Oh, bruv, thank you so much. I think we've covered I everything. Think, yeah, I mean, we could talk for hours, but I think that's about enough for people's And days. our tea cups are empty. Need to refill. We do. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Nourishing Soulfully podcast. I so hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed creating it. And as a little reminder, because you are a soulful nourisher now, you've listened to an episode. As soulful nourishers, we know that resting is an investment in ourselves, our well-being, our energetic capacity. We know that play is not just for children, it enables souls of all ages to connect to creativity and joy. As soulful nourishers, we know that food is love and joy. It fuels, connects and creates. It is culture, tradition and nourishment. We know that breaks give our mind time to refocus. And we know that relaxing is the act which creates energy. It is not a waste of time. Above all, as soulful nourishers, we know that we are doing the best we can with the resources, time, energy, knowledge, wisdom, experience and capacity that we have to hand, always. Be gentle, be kind. You're doing the best you can, always. With lots of love, Peter and the cat.